Oh my gosh, I can't believe I just said that. Did you just say that? This might get me fired. That might get you fired. You're listening to This Might Get Me Fired with Chizzy and Crystal. Hello and welcome to This Might Get Me Fired with Chizzy and Crystal. We have a lot to talk about today, but first, rate us five stars wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends, you know, support black women. Anyway, uh, let's get started. Today, we're going to kind of do a freestyle episode where we just talk about whatever's on our hearts. So we don't know where this podcast is going to go. It it could take a lot of different turns. Just enjoy, you know, sit back, relax and enjoy the ride. So Crystal Pop Culture, what, what are you liking? What's been going on? What have you been seeing? Um, I think probably the biggest thing this week is that Tory Lanez um, teased that he was going live at 9 p.m. to have a discussion with, um, or he didn't say what he was doing. He said 9 p.m. he was going to talk about it. And when we say talk about it, I mean the situation with Megan the Stallion. So, of course, everybody's like waiting for 9 o'clock. Come to find out, it's just him releasing an album. And I haven't listened to the album, of course. I'm not going to because I'm not going to give him any streaming. But I did look at the lyrics, and pretty much it's him not taking accountability, saying he didn't shoot Megan, implying that him and Megan were in a sexual relationship, but that he was also talking to her friend that was in the car, and maybe it got kind of messy, like the friend didn't know. That's what he was trying to imply. Like, the friend didn't know that him and Megan were hooking up. He was talking about both of them. Something popped off. I don't know. So, low-key, it's like, okay, there are four people in the car. Megan, who got shot, her friend Kelsey, Tory Lanez, and Tory Lanez's bodyguard. At this point, all three people have said they haven't shot Megan. And Megan said Tory shot her. So... It's clear who shot her, Tori. And somebody on, um, what is it, the Shade Room commented, I'm hearing Kelsey did it. And he wrote, that's not true. So it's like... So clearly it's like you shot her, but you think there's an excuse that justifies why you shot her. Or, or you're saying your body got shot her, shot her. Yeah. And also, to be very clear, Tori Lanez has had a lengthy history of like weird incidents with women violence with women it's nothing new yeah he's honestly just not that popping so i didn't get discussed like that but there are even though she's crazy selena powell has told stories about him getting her beat up threatening to kill her mm-hmm. um another girl talked about his violence dream doll made a diss song and talked about the fact that he's a little crazy so clearly he shot her and i'm just I'm like in a period where I'm just, I'm generally just disgusted. (laughs) I'm like so far beyond and disgusted with the reaction of how black women are treated with the defense, like the mental gymnastics people do to excuse and to create scenarios. And it reminds me back when um, Chris Brown and Rihanna, when that domestic violence situation came out, I think I was like a freshman in college. And I was telling my best guy friend about it. And I was like, yeah, but I heard that she gave him herpes and that's why he beat her. And there was this story going on for a long time that that happened, that that was like, and a lot of people took that as truth. And it's crazy how like whenever something happens to a woman, a uh, black woman, even white women though, like whenever something happens to a woman, there's always this general response created. Like, this is why, this is what they did to put them at fault. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, we always just automatically create that for women. Like, I don't, I can't remember when something happened, like when a man, something happens to a man and we create that, that defense for the woman. 
it just always seems like we always find a way to blame the woman, to put the woman at fault, to say she must have done this, to say we don't know the whole story. And it's just disgusting at this point how deeply hated. I mean, not even to be overdramatic, but I just feel like y'all just hate us. Like, it's it's really sad to realize, like, y'all hate us. Y'all don't care about us. You don't care about our well-beings. You don't care about... If, if it comes between... Um, the success or well-being of a black man and a black woman, we know where we stand at this point. And it's just very disheartening. Yeah, and I was having also an interesting discussion with this guy that I was talking to. And um, he basically was like, I was saying like how it's kind of disgusting that for a while no male artists were defending Megan Mm -hmm. and how much that bothered me. And he kept saying stuff like, well, this isn't real life. Like you're taking social media too seriously today. And it's like, no, this is just an example of what happens in the real world. Like, Y'all went up for Meek Mill. Some of y'all went up for ASAP Rocky. Like, all these incidents were like, somebody literally committed a crime. Mm -hmm. Meek Mill, I understand. That's a whole different discussion. But the point is that, like, you were vocal about these situations. But now it's like, you don't know what happened. We don't know. We weren't there. It's like, okay, I wasn't there when ASAP Rocky got arrested. None of y'all were. But supposedly you could speak out about that. And they expect, like... It's taken for granted that black women are going to speak out and black women are going to support and all this stuff. But And if I'm honest, too, I'm a little not annoyed with Megan, but yeah, annoyed with Megan. I am, too. Because of the fact that I just think it's really damaging the narrative of, like, hold a man down, don't say anything, because you don't want to see him locked up, whoop-de-woo. Like, part of the issue is the fact that she was so afraid to say, like, yeah, he shot me, you know, for a while. I don't even know if it's fear or just that belief, that ingrained conditioning that, like, you're responsible. Number one, that you're partly at fault. You're responsible. Um, That you don't want to make things a bigger deal. And I don't want to be upset with Megan because she is a victim. But it's also frustrating to see... um, women get abused and just the conditioning that like, oh, you know, like just deal with it. Um, don't make a big deal about it. And it's like, no, press charges. He should be and in that's jail. The thing. I don't and even people know. are using the fact that he's not in jail as a, as a, some type of like excuse that he must be innocent because he's not in jail. When it's like, when is, when has that ever been a indicator that someone's innocent, that they're not in jail? Yeah, I agree. And so maybe I am frustrated with her, though. I don't want to be, but the truth is that I am because, first of all, she does have to be aware that she does have a major platform, and so you kind of set the tone for other... It just would have been really great for her to speak out against it, and especially because she had been in that situation before where she's gotten arrested when she was younger in Austin for her and her ex-boyfriend were, like, I guess, putting their hands on each other. Mm-hmm. And he, she said he didn't put his hands on her. When the cops went to go talk to him, he was like, oh, yeah, she was beating me, and she ended up going to jail. And so it's like, you've been there before. You've seen this play out before. So I just wish that she would have been more vocal. I do understand, though, why maybe she was apprehensive. Obviously, this industry is not nice to women in general. And especially if they think you're trying to destroy a brother or whatever, I could see her being apprehensive. So it's all just super interesting, super messy. Um, And it's just, it's so weird how, like, people are waiting for Tori to give them a reason to not believe her. Like, people are literally just waiting with bated breath. Like, give me anything, because I don't want to believe her. I don't want to believe this anyway. So give me any reason. I'm going to make up one until you do. But give me any reason to, to not believe that this is what happened. Even though every, like, piece of common sense and logic points to the clear, obvious fact that he shot her. 
But people want to believe that either he did it or that he was justified in doing so or that she was also at fault. And I think basically he's done that. He dangled the carrot of the fact that now it's going to switch into, oh, well, you're a grimy ass bitch for sleeping with your homegirl's man that she liked. He dangled that carrot to like kind of make it shift to that. Like, oh, well, we're going to talk about the fact, which is a whole different thing. But I think that's what he's trying to do. He's laying the groundwork for that to be part of the argument, which is really sick because it's like it doesn't matter what happened. My thing is this. Unless Megan had a gun on her and was like, it's about to be a shootout. (laughs) That is the only way I can see it being reasonable for you to shoot an aunt, a woman, Mm -hmm. or anybody, not even a woman, a person. There is nothing you can say to me besides that you really believe that your life was at risk Mm -hmm. that will excuse it. So I don't care what he says. I don't care if she, I don't even know. There's no excuse. There's no excuse. Like it's, it's, really ridiculous like there's it just it blows my mind but it's another example of like just the mental gymnastics that like people do not even just men women too it's also very sad to see how conditioned women are to believe in like the superiority of men the like it's just this idol worship of men that they always want to ride for a man and feel like get that validation. I don't know. It's some, it's some weird stuff. And I don't stuff. even know if it's men. I think it's also to a coping mechanism and a protective um, tool that women use. This idea that like you're going to do whatever you can to not be that girl, quote unquote. And so it's like a thing that's internalized. And to be quite frank, I think that a lot of women, you'll have that mindset. Maybe not to the extreme of you abusing abuse or things, but like there's different ways where women try to be the exception to the rule or they try to be the good girl or whatever and be agreeable and palatable mm. and until you get older. Then that's when you're like, no, F this. Like, this is what I think. This is wrong. And that I think that's palatable part of stuff, it. it's really funny because even we were talking about how, like, um, some, there was a tweet someone brought up where they were like, even, like, the women who are, quote, unquote, raunchy, right, the rappers who talk about sex and talk about this, they then go back and say, oh, but I'm, like, I only do this with my man. Like, if once they interview, they then distance themselves for that. Like, they use it to sell, but then they want, still want to distance themselves, like, oh, I'm still a good girl. I'm a freak in the sheets, but I'm a lady in the, in the streets with my man. Like, it's this thing where it's, like, you don't ever want to be put in that category of a complete waste of a human being like you still want to be seen in a certain way you want to use the um sex aesthetic the sex worker aesthetic right for positive to get you abused to get you cells to get you whatever you want it to get you but you still want to be distanced enough to get the respect because you still want to be respected right so mm-hmm. you still want to be distanced enough for that to be respected in general society or in the culture and so it's it is this thing of constantly women wanting to make themselves palatable for society for men and it's kind of like I don't know it's kind of I'm kind of annoyed with it at this point where it's like why do you like not pick a side but it's like you can be all of the above but it's like I'm sick of like always having to kind of like like reel it back in like yeah I do this but I only do this for my man like it's like we always have to signal right that like oh I'm a freak but just know that I'm not that much of a freak I'm a bit of a freak but I'm only a freak in these situations with this person so still respect me because I still am a respectable human being like why do we have to give all these disclaimers I mean patriarchy I mean yeah (laughs) that's being conditioned to believe that there is a limit to all these things, we still have an internalized belief that as a woman, we are supposed to be dainty and mm-hmm. wholesome, no matter how, you know, untouchable. The idea that I always equate it to the fact that, you know, when young ladies lose their virginity, 
some, and this is one of my issues with like religion, not religion, but like virginity and sexuality in the Purity culture of religion is the fact that um, I equate it to like churches teach you that if you are a woman and you have sex, you are like a bag of chips that has been opened. And now the whole bag of chips is going to be stale. This person only took out one chip, but now every chip in that bag is rotten. It's going to be, you know, stale. When you bite into it, it's not going to taste as good. That is what typically religion teaches you. Right. And that creates a really damaging sexual identity for women. When the truth is like, no, I opened this bag today and we're going to seal it back up. <laughs> I might not open it again for 10 years yeah. and the chip is just going to be just as fresh. I might open it tonight and give a man three chips out of it. But that doesn't mean that the next man, I'm going to say yes to giving him a chip. It's just a really... And even the fact that, like, it's the idea that once you've done something, you might as well. It's like breaking. And I used to think about this. I used to think this way about my virginity, that it would be like breaking a $20 bill. Yeah. That, like, once I broke it, like, I'm just going to spend it all. And I used to kind of be kind of nervous about that. And I also, I subscribe to that, too. And I kind of still, it's kind of still internalized. Yeah, where I course. feel like, I almost feel like I get a pass because I was abstinent for so long. Mm-hmm. I feel like I get a, a hoe pass, like a free, like no one can dare say that I'm a hoe because Which is not I was true a virgin for 25 you'll years. You'll talk about this and somebody's going to call you a hoe in the comments. Like <laughs> this hoe is like, that's the reality of it, you know? Which, but the thing is like internally, I feel like, oh no, I've been a good girl for so long that I get a pass. Or, and I used yes. to even say that like, um, and just to be like honest, I still kind of, yeah, people might say that, but internally I still feel like no. Like, by all societal standards, you can't really call me a hoe. And I used to feel, feel free, like, you know how there's this thing where it's, like, girls try not to be as freaky um, on, like, the first time with a man so that he doesn't think they're a hoe? And I used to be like, oh, I can do whatever I want because I, I don't have a lot of partners. I haven't been sexually active for long. So it's like, oh, I can do whatever I want. And you can't really call me a hoe because... Like, I was a virgin for so long. So it's still that internalized, like, justification through patriarchy that I'm a good girl. I'm a good woman. And I can, and that has given me freedom to be more expressive because I've kind of passed this barometer. And that's still very, like, harmful. Because, number one, the fact that you can even be a virgin sometimes is not dependent on you. People are sexually abused. A lot of people are sexually abused. So that even the fact that that's a thing that should be an accomplishment is it kind of it rubs me the wrong way because for a lot of people that's not a choice that they had that's not a decision they got to make that was made for them and that even though mean- i will say if you are a victim of sexual assault you still are a virgin because you have not chosen to give your body to anybody if you choose to look at it that way i just want to clarify you can still be like you know i haven't chosen so that's true. And I agree with that. Yeah. But it's like, I still feel like the the way that society deems it. And I wonder, maybe we can have someone on here to talk about, like, I wonder if they still feel that way, if they still feel like they can still consider themselves a virgin or if they feel like that has been taken from them. But even the whole myth, I mean, there's a whole big thing about the myth of virginity and like, what is, what is that about? Cause it's not, I feel like whenever we talk about virginity, yes, it's for men too, but it's mainly about women. Oh yeah, Absolutely. So, and that's by design. It's not a coincidence. <laughs> right. And even like with the whole Selena Powell thing and people hate Selena Powell. And I, uh, it's just so funny because the mental gymnastics people do with her, where it's like when she and her friends talk about, um, oh, we, we did this, we did that with all these players. No one, no one kind of doubts it. Like everyone believes it. But when they talk about something else and they start naming names, it's like, oh, they're liars. And it's like, well, were they liars when they talked about sucking up seven players? Like no one questioned that. But now that they're talking about Odell Beckham, 
oh, they're trying to bring the black man down. They're trying to expose the black man. And it's like, I, I don't understand. First of all, a lot of these black men are choosing to associate and go out with and be seen with and, or have sexual relationships with these non-black women their choice, but no one's saying anything about that and even the fact that they continuously choose non-black women or racially ambiguous women. And now it's like, oh, these non-black women are bringing the black men down. Well, they're choosing these women. Am I supposed to like, am I supposed to feel a type of way? Am I, am I supposed to feel sorry that they're choosing these women? I mean, the drugs write themselves with that one for several <laughs> reasons. First of all, like even with the girl that brought up the Trey Songs thing and Trey Songs thought he was defending himself by posting their interaction. And literally, like, all that most people got from the interaction was, like, you let this girl call you the N-word frequently. Like, she said it about three times in these text messages. So that's number one. That whole thing. Number two is, again, it's very funny when you listen to Selena and I think her name's Eliza talk about the fact. They're very aware that black men are choosing them for whatever and they called it weird they themselves were like yeah something weird going on with black men that's what they said but i don't even care about that because date who you want to date the whole thing with that is just the men are choosing these women who cares i'm gonna say i are not victims not because not not because i want to be chosen by them but let's just call it what it is like this is some there's some internalized racism there's some internalized thing where you feel like this is a choose this is a better choice this is a more distinguished choice because it's one thing to um be open to whoever but when you consistently are choosing women who look a certain way that are not women that reflect anything that you or your family look like that's internalized racism to me that's not a like yes it's a choice but your choices are colored by certain things and that choice is colored by what you perceive as beautiful and that what you perceive as beautiful is colored by racism in America and and European beauty standards and what you attribute to being something that's worthy of, of, you know, being on your arm or being in your bed. And that says something about you. And I'm tired of people acting like it doesn't. It says something about you if you're continuously with a certain type of girl, if you continuously pursue a certain type of girl and you, to the exclusion of other girls who are just as beautiful, because I hate this thing of like- But the thing is to them, because they do other than, I mean, yes, I agree. They are just as beautiful to a logical person. But if people <laughs> are dealing with something that's so deep, it's not going to really, I just can't even understand it because it's so deep within them that and it's so hard to even gauge. I, I understand is. that they are like, this is the thing to me. Like I date black men. I love black men. But I still understand, like, there are beautiful men in all races. And whenever I see a gorgeous man, I'm like, oh, he's gorgeous. Like, it's, it's weird to me where I'd be like, oh, no, I'm just not attracted to that. Like, a gorgeous man is a gorgeous man, just like a mm-hmm. gorgeous woman is a gorgeous woman. And I understand if you, for a certain reason, choose to date within your race or choose to date a certain person. But there's reasons for that. Because there's beauty. Like, you can't say that, like, oh, only non-black women are attractive that's just not true and if you believe that then there's something internalized in you that's making you think that yeah, way absolutely. and so let's just not act like that's normal that's not normal you I, but choice. i do think people are acting like that's normal at this point yeah i think men. a lot of men are just oh this is my preference and it's like it is your preference but your preference is colored by a lot of societal factors and internalized well, yeah factors. of course because they're not going to want to acknowledge 
It's not innocuous. That's all I want to say. It's not innocuous. It's not like, oh, I like vanilla cake versus chocolate cake. That's not it. And that's what people yeah, want to make they, it seem like it is. I don't think people, the men who choose to live their lives that way, but anybody else, black, white, Asian, Hispanic, can see that there's clearly something deeper in that. No. It's only the, you don't I, think, I think I it's feel only like, the men who make the choice that are like, oh, well, they're crazy for thinking that we're we're hate self-haters when yeah. i'm in groups and it's so weird because it's also this other thing that black women do now where it's like date whoever you want i'm not mad and it's like first of all of course i'm not mad i don't care but also i'm gonna say what it is this is colorism just like when people have certain preferences of and some girls also disagree about it being colorism or internalized racism but it's like you're uh, every choice that you there's certain choices that can be innocuous right like i don't think there's any overall impact about whether I like a Chips Ahoy or an Oreo cookie, right? But there are certain choices that are not innocuous because there's race, all, all of our whole beings as a black person is political. So you can't tell me when it comes to who you date and that race that that is not political, but your hair is political, when you drive down the street is political. Who, like everything else about being black is political and you can't just cut it off and say, but who I date is not political. I don't think that makes sense. I don't think that's a logical conclusion. So it's like who you date and who you're attracted to and who you choose to be a partner with. Also, it's political and there's also reasons for it. Like it's not just innocuous. The way that I chose, whether I choose to go natural or perm or straighten, there are reasons for it. There are reasons. We were just watching Girlfriends and I was like, dang, um, I noticed I like Joan's hair better when it's like slicked back or or a certain way than when it's like poofy. And I think it's because I'm indoctrined to think that certain natural hairstyles are more beautiful because they're less Afrocentric or whatever. And it's not, it's not innocuous. I don't think that's innocuous. I think I've been conditioned to see a certain type of black hair in a certain way that's not just like when um, Simone Biles, when she first, was it Simone who first came? No, it wasn't Simone, Gabby. Mm-hmm. When Gabby first came out and all the black people were talking about why is her hair askew? That's not innocuous. We're conditioned to think black hair needs to be a certain way to be presentable, to be acceptable. Like, these are all conditioned responses. And I feel like what we see as attractive, as presentable, as acceptable is also conditioned responses. So I just, and not to say, and it's not because I want people to change their opinion, because it's like, I don't want anyone who doesn't want me. So it's like, especially when guys, like, there was a a post I made, and there's something that kind of went viral. I think you saw it, where this guy was engaged to this dark-skinned black woman. And he was like... His engagement post said, I used to tell my friends I would never date a dark-skinned woman. I used to swear up and down I would never be with a dark-skinned woman. I only like light-skinned girls. And he was light-skinned. And he's like, um, and then I met her, and I didn't want to date her because she was dark-skinned. But we became friends. And then I got to just see how beautiful she was, she was. And I'm so glad I'm with her. And now we're starting this journey. So half of his engagement post was about how he didn't like dark-skinned women told his friends and family that he would never be with a dark-skinned girl, didn't initially date her because she had dark skin, but now they're in love. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, he could have kept all of that. Like, for me personally, anyone who, like, I'm not your type, please leave me alone and go to be with your type. So it's like, I'm not trying to convert anyone to want black women or to want dark-skinned women. Or, that's not the point. I just refuse to just sit here and nod in my head and say, oh, it's innocuous. Oh, it doesn't mean anything that all your partners happen to be a different race so okay you just want them to you want them to know and to be able to admit to themselves and to others that that's what it is they don't even have to admit it it's just i'm not going to agree with you in your delusion okay that's my thing i'm not going to go along and agree with you in your delusion that like like even i have a friend who like he's going to come on here and i used to roast him because he only dated white girls like i met him when he was like 15 
mm-hmm. only dated white girls. And when I was talking to him about coming on the podcast and talking about how he only dated white girls, he was like, oh, no, no, no. In the last two or so years, I, I'm only dating black girls now. And I'm like, what happened? Like, where did this come from? Like, what happened? And he's like, I think it's really just a maturity thing. Like, I think I just matured and realized that there's certain things I will only connect with on a certain level with black women. He's like, I just feel like I just kind of grew up. And he, and he was saying some other stuff, but I don't want to knock women. But he was saying some other stuff about he feels like it was easier to date white women. It was easier to get them. It was easier to date them. Um, but he just matured and really feels like it's it's more pro, it's better for him to be with black women. So we kind of got on a tangent, but like yeah, no, like it's not <laughs> we, like <laughs> we did not. You went on, I a, went tangent, on a tangent, girl. That's okay. And I'm just sitting here for a take. <laughs> when you get it off your but chest? But no, it's not like <laughs> I I am trying to like convert or bring back because and this is another thing that's very interesting that we've always talked about. This whole like black women, it's hard for them to date. I never knew that until I got on social media. Like, I, it was never hard for me to date. Was it hard for you to date as a black woman? And no, and I, I don't want to. I think too a lot of. What? I feel like I'm gonna get myself in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I'm trying to. What? I feel like a lot of black women that are on social media a lot and like are on Twitter and all this stuff. They have internalized stuff that they hear about themselves, and so they start to believe it. believing that you're undesirable, believing, like, all this stuff, I think that they've allowed for society to dictate, you know? To tell them. To tell them who they are. And I think it's intentional to a certain point. Like, why do we keep having articles about how black women can't get married when, like, when you look at the rates? Yeah, it's intentional. And, you know, we are are a great market. The lonely black woman, the single black woman is a great market. All of these people with these poetry books that aren't even real poetry. It's like two lines. Black woman, your love. And people are like, black women are paying $25 for that. The numerous black men who have gotten famous from sitting on social media saying, black woman, you're beautiful, this, that, whatever. It's like, why do some of us need to be hyped up so badly? Someone was saying. And it's like, of course, it's a great market employee. You know what's going to happen. Aaron Jenks is trying to keep black women single because how else will he continue to make money? I don't even know who that is. But the guy who, like, everyone's saying. Girl, he's I have kinda, no clue. Because okay. I don't even subscribe <laughs> to that type of stuff. It's like, I have no time for this. It's a lot of pandering. There's yeah, a lot of pandering. Like, so that's number one. Number two, black women are not, as much as you're knocking people that make a choice to date other people black women maybe you need to pick up those cues too not that you have to actively pursue men of other races but don't shoot down unless that's really your only preference or whatever but if you're lonely this that whatever like good men come in all shades right. you know what i'm saying but if you are diehard like you only want to marry a black man then cool i'm not going to knock you that's your choice but for some women it's like i think you're saying that because you've conditioned and you believe that that's all you that you is your get. only option. Mm-hmm. And it's not, right? No. Like men from all walks of life, all shades, do find black women attractive. Right. So that's number one. You know, I think it's hard. And I especially struggle with I love TikTok, as you know. <laughs> <laughs> and these young girls on TikTok just begging people to love them. <laughs> not even young, young girls, specify. Yeah, like young, young black, black girls. girls. And it breaks my heart because we also had the benefit of not growing up in the social media age. Mm-hmm. Like, MySpace was popping. You right. know, I remember I got Facebook senior year of high school, and I was so lit because my friend's college big sister invited us. You know, Aww. we didn't have that type of social media. So we weren't constantly in this echo chamber of, like, you're undesirable. Nobody wants you. Da, 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 da. And maybe that is why for me it's like, okay, who can? So, and so, right, but, like, that makes me so sad to see these young girls on TikTok 
And in that case, I'm like, that's why personally, like, I'm never speaking on whoever man choose today, especially not on social media. I might text somebody, oh, yeah. but you will never see me make a post about it, a tweet about it, a side eye about it, because you're not going to play me, period. Mm-hmm. Isn't that, remember, what, weren't you <laughs> saying that, like, when you, not see, gonna play me. <laughs> when you see black men in public with white women that they look at you? Yeah, like, I've definitely <laughs> had this stare down of, like, the expectation of, like, oh, you're not pressed. And no, I'm not, because I don't care, really, at all. I agree with everything you said. But also, people are not stupid. So these men are not dumb. They know, because a lot of them are loud about it, too, is the thing. That's so true. they know. So it's like, why am I going to, no, I'm not going to call you out, because you know, you go to sleep with yourself every night, and there's obviously something on your chest. Your mom looks like me. There's obviously something with you, if that's like your whole thing, and right. I don't care. Right. That's very valid. But it's also, it's just so interesting where it's like, you're expected to like have these experiences where it's like, oh, as a black woman, honestly, it's harder to date as a fat woman, much harder than than as a black, black woman. woman. I don't honestly, know. That's the too. Like, dating as a black woman has been no issues, and that's dating any type of race, no issues, never had a problem. Gaining weight, it's like ugh, that's yeah. that's the real struggle. But like as a black woman and a dark skinned black woman, never had an issue where like men aren't attracted to me because I'm black or because I'm dark skinned. Darker, I don't even know if I call. Ugh. The whole dark skin issue now is a whole thing. Like, are we dark skin? Are we brown? I'm dark skin. I don't know. You can call yourself whatever. I you believe want, I'm dark skin, but, but. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? But yeah, and even um, it's also interesting because just like we talk about black men, there's a whole thing where it's like it, it's funny because we had to kind of reel ourselves back in too, where it's like you you hear these echo chambers of like black men who are trash and this and that and not protecting black women and i have to remind myself the black men in my life are amazing <laughs> like yeah, i am surrounded you just have to by like, amazing no, you have to get men. off of social media social media will have you believe in crazy stuff i have a father <laughs> who loves me i have uncles who love me i have men who love me we're in a man's house right now who's a great black man you right know like protect adore yeah. support and so it's like you have to get off of social media have you just believe in everything crazy like and that's my only issue. Get into the real world. And yeah. I feel like so many people don't anymore. They're living their lives on the internet. Or you let one person's bad experience make you believe crazy stuff. But it's also hard because it's like you see black men on social media saying crazy things. And you see a lot of them. And then it makes you feel like, okay, what is this? Like, but the tea about that, too, is like, yeah, some of y'all believe that. But I guarantee 50% of y'all, if I walked into a room, your head's going to turn, period. So why am I pressed about... People say a lot on social media. Women say that they won't date men that make a certain amount. I won't date him unless he makes under six figures. Meanwhile, you have a man who's using your car and begging you for $50. Like, people love to cap on the internet. That's so. true. That's true. But, you know, I mean. So we just let it cap? We just let it, let him cap? I don't and- really. What else am I going to do? That's your life. But, like, say whatever you want to say. <laughs> believe what you want to believe. Good luck. Because. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> and good riddance. <for> <laughs> Okay, so we've had a birthday in the house since we've been gone. Um, somebody had a birthday. I'm not going to say who. There's only one of us who's a Virgo, though. So, Yes, I had a birthday. It was a wild ride. Uh, <laughs> how, how so? Just a lot of emotions. And it was... It's this year's also the 10th anniversary since my mom passed away. Oh, I didn't know that. So, yeah, so I feel like every... It's weird because also, like... My mom passed away when I was, like, just entering a new decade for real of mm-hmm. life. So, I feel like every 10 years, it's oh, going to wow. be a weird thing where it's, like, you lost your mom this time, too, and it's another major anniversary. Um, so, I cried a lot. Also, laughed a lot. Felt a lot of love. I'm so grateful for my friends and just their kindness. But it's wild. And I was telling somebody, too, I was like, you know, 
30 is like you have your toe in the 30s. Mm-hmm. But now 30, <laughs> my whole body is in my 30s. Like I'm 30 for real, you know? Very true. I'm like in my 30s. Very, very true. <laughs> and so that's wild. Um, a lot of lessons learned, you know? A lot of blessings. Aww. Your 30s, you all, I always saw it and I was like, dang, I wonder if that's true. But like the older you get, the more you're just at peace with yourself. Like mm-hmm. the more you're just in who you are. I am who I am at this point. And not to say that there's not growth and stuff that are happening, but I'm just really grateful to not be so moved by things around me. Of yeah. course, it still happens, but you just really, I've learned that inner peace a lot more. That's so good. Mm-hmm. Do you have any expectations or hopes for this year? This Absolutely day? not. I am not trying to do that type of burden on myself. Um, I think the timeline has to die. A young lady, if you're in your 20s and you're listening to this, or man, <laughs> Let go of the internal clock that you have going about anything, about where your career should be, about where your life should be, about where you're... Because all the things that I didn't have the internal timeline for are my most successful things in life. Really? (laughs) Like, career-wise, I never had a, like, super deep internal clock about, like, I need to be this successful by this age. But I'd say I'm pretty successful. I never had to... I have to buy a house by this age, but I bought a house at 30. You know, like, things were, like, if I would have probably been so pressed about it Mm -hmm. it probably wouldn't have flowed like it needed to flow the only thing i'm pressed about is being single and we see how that's going right (laughs) so (laughs) that's just a lesson learned like let it go let it flow and it's funny because it's like i feel like growing up you think that your life is going to go like this like your career is going to go like this it's going to be an upward trajectory and a lot of people i'm seeing it's really ups and downs where it's like you make more than you thought you'd make and then you have to, something happens and you have to take a job making much less and then you eventually get back up there or you like change careers. Like it's a lot of like ups and downs. It's not a straight shot as as you think it would be when you're growing up. And so that is very true about, or even people who got married and then they get divorced and then they, you know, you're back to being single and maybe you didn't think you'd be single or maybe now you're you're single with kids. So it's a lot, life just is so much different than you thought it would be growing up when you planned out this quote unquote perfect life but i'm happy happy birthday to you thank you um anything else happening in your life or that you're um honestly not really um i have just been focusing on myself focusing on my personal growth um vibing with my life that's really it so i thought i had covid (laughs) as you know we're kind of like a week or so behind on this podcast because I thought I had COVID. I like woke up with a cough and I wanted to be responsible. So I'm like, okay, I can't be around anyone. I went and got tested. I got tested twice. I got the regular test, which I did myself. Um, and then I got the rapid, which never again, because that lady made me cry. Um, it was so, 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 so bad. And then as soon as I got those results that I was negative, I was like, oh, yay. And then I got my, my regular results like a day later. And I was I'm, so I'm negative. But it's like so interesting in these times where it's like, shoot, I might have COVID. And the, the weird thing is, it was really like just how it affects your lifestyle. Because it's not even like I go out, but there's still people I'm around. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I can't I really can't be around anyone. I mean, you don't go out, but you do still live a social life during COVID. That's so true. You haven't really been like completely isolated. That's yet. true. And so I think that was your first real taste of it or like the first time you've been like that probably since March. Right. Versus me, I'm really like by myself. You know what I mean? You think home. you're more by yourself than I am? Yeah, for sure. I think just you have recently, your neighbors and stuff. But just re- like that's in the last month, right? Like yeah. before that, it was really just me and Buddy. True. 
so it's like now it's like the taste of like oh wow I really will just be by myself yeah and that's kind of like very sad um and then I also went to my first wedding in COVID um one of my best guy friends got married as you say you thought you had COVID I know (laughs) 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 well okay so I went to the wedding before I got tested so the wedding (laughs) did not get me a positive test and I kept my mask on throughout the entire wedding except for when I was eating um, but it was really cute. They had wristbands of like how much distance you want, like a green, yellow, and red. So like if you are like very open to hugs, you can get a green. If you want a social distance, you can get a yellow, but you still want conversation. And if you just don't want anyone around you at all, you get a red. Oh, that's and cool. So that's very creative. It was really, really cute. And like it's also so interesting. He's um, a really good friend from college. And she actually happened to go to my college as well. And it's so interesting like when you have like one of your first real friends get married oh it's yeah, like been there <laughs> <laughs> it's Not a t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> such a different experience it's like wow yes. like, wait till you start being a bridesmaid for close friends that's when it really gets dicey girl <laughs> i was just like it's just so shocking like this is really happening you're about to have kids then, yeah and then, and then they start having babies like, like it's so it's really weird Mm -hmm. and i I kind of felt sad at the wedding to be honest because it's like i'm solo at one of my best friend's weddings it's like just a lot of emotions about when you think everyone else is moving around you and you feel like you're kind of standing still yeah it's kind of a hard place to be in and i was talking to my brother about it this week and he was like i understand that it's hard but please just understand your brother doesn't understand that it's hard (laughs) so don't let him (laughs) finesse you girl you really gonna throw that shade on my brother i'm just being honest he doesn't know what it's like so well he was he can still be supportive and i understand because he does you know have friends and stuff but no he doesn't know what it's like (laughs) well he was saying because he him and his wife minister couples and he's like we just there's so many couples who get married they're excited to get married and they're not prepared at all to be married they never really dealt with some stuff when they're single and now they're really really struggling anyway there's like just a lot of couples who There's a lot of couples who like they're really struggling in marriage. And so like and I get that and I understand. But it's so hard when it's like I've been single for a while. It's not like I'm just single or like I never know what it is to be single. I know more what it is to be single than what I know what it is to be in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Like single is my default. So it's like and it's fun at first, especially in your 20s. I don't regret that at all. Like I enjoy I'm happy that I enjoyed my 20s that I really went out and enjoyed my 20s. But it's like, ugh. I'm just over it. I'm just over it. And it's hard when it, especially for me, I'm like, I'm a person who likes action. Like I like making things happen. So it's hard when it's like, I'm over it and I don't see a way out. You know what I mean? Like even with like, there are certain guys who are like trying to pop back up or text every couple of weeks. And it's like, I don't want to do that. Cause I know what I want. And this yeah. isn't like, this isn't what I want. And I kind of, I've been in a funk lately where it's like, I'm kind of in a funk with my job. I'm kind of in a funk with my love life. Um, I started running last week, which is great. But this week we had like a hurricane or tropical storm watch. So it was raining for like three days straight. So I didn't like continue that and it kind of broke my flow. So I ran like five days out of last week and I didn't run at all this week. So now I'm in a funk about my workout. Like I'm just in like an overall funk. I feel like part of that is causing me to like spend more money than I should be, you know. And now I'm in a funk about not meeting my savings goals. So I'm just kind of in a funk. I don't know. Well, I mean, you know, I'm the type of person I'm never going to say, oh, just feel better because I believe it's normal 
to have your feelings and allow them to be valid and just have a moment they shouldn't have a month but if they have like a few a week or two i think that's totally acceptable and it's okay to feel like that i think it is hard especially during this time where like you can't travel you can't Mm -hmm. do things that you normally would do you can't do social things where of course sometimes you're left to just kind of sit and think about life and when maybe the few things are missing i think that's and i think the problem is like Normally, I would have taken a trip by now, right? Or I would have done something exciting that, like, being single, it, it's helpful to do because you can just go do these things. But now we're in a time where literally it's like you're just at home and it'd be nice to be at home with someone. Like, I feel like this is like a continual cuffing season or cuddle season. Yeah, you know? it is. And it's like when there's no one to cuddle with, it makes you feel like, well, dang, this isn't helpful. Like, Yeah, it's hard. Um, When we started quarantine, I was talking to a guy and we were, you know, Moving along nicely. So for probably the first two months of quarantine, we were very much together. Like every Wednesday we had fajita and margarita night. Mm -hmm. Every weekend I would go over there Friday and like stay the weekend. We just had a real kind of that nice. And so I didn't it didn't hit me until that ended where then I had to go back to just like, oh, I'm by myself now during this quarantine. So that (laughs) is tough. And it's not hitting me right now. now I'm over it. I don't really care, but I'm sure it will. If we keep up the rest of the year, I'm going to feel it again. I think it's normal. Yeah. Um, and I mean, that's why I kind of feel like, so me being, having a dog really is amazing because now I have like dog park friends and mm-hmm. I'm like with them all the time because they're my neighbors. So it's like you kind of find ways to kind of fill in those holes in your like your social life and your world. But I'm also kind of like, uh, I could be a mother. Like <laughs> I'm like kind of like... I don't know. I don't know. I'm in a bit of a funk, but I think I'll be out of it by next week to the glory of God. Hopefully I'm also part of that. Probably a major part of that is spiritual because like I started out COVID like watching sermons a lot during on Sundays and I've fallen off that completely. So it's like, I'm not really filling up my spiritual well. Um, we were supposed to be finishing a Bible study. We haven't done it in over a month. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I feel like part of that is probably a large part of that is probably also spiritually. I'm not being, filled up um so i mean there are things i could do so hopefully next week when i come back i'll be brighter and peppier and like back at it but right now i'm kind of like oh also i think i'm gonna get a maid or at least if i get a promotion i might get a maid you should you make enough money too and it's not it's just also getting a maid in covid is like a whole nother yeah it is you definitely have to be very selective but i like they have the proper channels in place now and they kind of have a routine down I feel like to make sure right so I might think about that I think it's something that would make me happier and take like some stress off of me but it's also so weird because it's like what all can you do do I need to clean before do I need to organize before you get here yeah. do I need to put my clothes somewhere are you gonna do my laundry are you that's so... definitely put me off of the hunt for mine even though I don't even have to hunt because in our Facebook group people <laughs> suggested ones oh. that already come to the neighborhood so like they're already coming to clean somebody's house so they could just stop by my house on that day yeah. but it's the idea of like first of all will i have to pre-clean yeah just all the social things like do i have to put certain stuff away before you oh, get yeah. here and it's just a weird <laughs> thing about like somebody being in my space also the shame of like oh or not the shame but the guilt of like you're a single woman why do you need a maid but <laughs> i don't need one necessarily but i want one and i think that it would add to my life as well so i get it no, I, I definitely think there is kind of a little bit of like, you have a maid, so you don't cook and you no, you don't clean and you barely cook now. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, listen, I don't cook. I don't clean. 
And I don't have a ring, so I really don't know what I'm doing. I really don't know what the success rate. Another thing that annoyed me with black women, real quick, just reminding me. No, not with black women, sorry. With, how, like, with the dragging of black women is, um, <laughs> with the dragging of black women, it's how they try to drag Cardi because of the divorce. And it's like, people just love an excuse. Even though Cardi, I don't consider her a black woman, but people just love an excuse to like bring down women and like shame and blame women. And it's like, oh, you're getting a divorce. Maybe you should have cooked and cleaned. And it's like, honey... There are women cooking and cleaning and scrubbing the floor and their husbands are stepping out on them six days of the week. Okay. Yeah. And maybe seven. So anyway, we're going to go ahead and go to the question of the day. So I have one prepared, but we can also just do a random one. What do you want to do? Yeah, we can do the prepared one. I don't know what it is. But okay. okay. <laughs> random to me. So the prepared one, would you care to know who your spouse has slept with? And would you tell your future spouse? Does it matter if they're still, if they still interact or in the same circles with that person or people? Um, would I care to know as far as like a body count or what do you mean? Care Not to know? as much as a body count. Okay. So answer that one too. But as far no, as like. I care to know a body count. No, I'm not telling you my body count. If you ask me, I'm going to lie. So it should be a non-starter. <laughs> and my body count isn't even crazy. Like, Why would you lie instead of just saying no? I'm not I mean, say you. no, but I feel like then it's like, they're going to assume that it's worse than it is when really it's like, it's not even, trust me. I wish, I wish it was a lie. I wish Girl. I was catching bodies left and right. At this but point. But I'm not at all. But it's just a weird thing. It's like no, we're grown. I think shout out to whoever taught you that trick. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, okay, so this is my whole thing. I feel like if if there's anyone who like he might interact with because we might be in the same circles. And my thing is not even, and this is also what may maybe I'm doing too much, because it's like it wouldn't even be like who I slept with, because there's not that many people that he'll probably be interacting with, but like, oh, we kind of made out and hooked up once. With I feel like I should tell him if, like, there's a game night and that person's around, I feel like I should let him know, like, oh, FYI. See, that's not going to happen to me, so I don't even have to worry about that. I don't hook up with friends. You don't? Oh, that's true. Ever. So it's like, but you're not going to be in a room with somebody that... There could be, like, an Aggie reunion. You don't think that he'll ever be around? Would you let him know? If it's an Aggie reunion, it's going to be, like, 7,000 people, so... A black Aggie reunion. You know what I'm saying. It'll be 500, and I I just don't think it's that... For me, we're not going to be at a game night with somebody I've been... It's just not going to happen. See, that's a possibility for me. Yeah, because we're different. I don't have any male friends. So I've already like got rid of them. So if, if, if on his side that you're at a game night with his friends and there's somebody that he's either slept with or no, hooked up with. No, I don't really care to know. Really? Why? I'm going to be pissed off. It's going to be in the back of my mind. I'm going to be pressing you about it. Like, I'm not that type of girl. It's better not tell me certain things if I'm honest with myself. I would want to know. know. And I don't think I'd be upset. I just would want to know. Yeah, I would be annoyed. Not even upset, but I just know it would make my... It, it would, would bring shift. you down? It wouldn't bring me down. It would just shift the way that I look at y'all's dynamic. And I don't want that because it's going to bring in a... Instead of it, y'all just laughing about something while you fill up your drink, now I'm going to be in my head, like, low-key, worrying, looking at it differently, if I'm honest. I guess because I have so many of those... Not so many. I have enough of those situations where I feel like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be tripping. But I would want to know. Like, I just don't want to be in a room where it's like you slept with someone, y'all two know, and I'm the only one left out. I don't like yeah, that. I um, want to also be in the know. Like, oh, I know you slept with them. I know you've hooked up. I know whatever the situation was, if we're in the same room, I want to know the situation. I don't want to be the only one left out. And I'm also going to, like, let him know. Like, oh, yeah, him. Yeah, whatever. It's not a big deal. But just in case you ever want to know, I'm just big on full disclosure, which might be too much disclosure, but i rather overshare than undershare you know so you're like joan you want to just find any way to wreck relationships <laughs> you want to add the spice <laughs> so 
I just want to really make sure you ruin it one way or another. I don't think it's going to ruin it. I don't think he should be that upset. I don't even know if he'll be upset. I just don't. I don't know. I've never been in this situation. I think what it might happen is he might be like, yeah, I don't like y'all being that close. I don't think y'all should hang out. Yeah. And then I'm going to be like, understandable. <laughs> okay. Okay. I mean, if that's my husband, I'll be like, all right, you got it. If it's my boyfriend. But you're going to tell him before he's your husband, so. Only if we're around them. Oh, it honestly just depends how serious is the relationship. My husband's the only one who I feel like should get full disclosure. Not just anyone's going to get full disclosure. Okay. You know what I mean? No. I feel like, okay. So you're going to wait till I get married and then be like, oh, by the way, the guy you hang out with all the time used to fuck on the low. Like, okay. Because <laughs> then is that full disclosure or? I didn't think about that. <laughs> okay. So. Which one is it? <laughs> so. Which I mean, whatever. If we're in your... a serious relationship, then I'll let him know. Like, if we're serious, then I'll let him know. Like, okay. hey, FYI. Or if we become serious later, I'll let him know. Like, oh, yeah, FYI. Yeah. But I, yeah, I guess I'd have to think about how that would happen. Also, we've rewatched Girlfriends. Maybe we'll do a podcast just about that. All those women are trash. <laughs> like, I love Girlfriends, but all of them are trash. Yeah, and I relate to all of them in one way or another. Okay, how do you relate to Lynn? Um, first of all, Lynn picking up new random jobs and skills that she's into. <laughs> That's very much so me. Like, one week I want to be a YouTuber, and the next week I want to be a painter. I related to that. I related to just her kind of random sporadic energy i feel like a lot of that is in me as well not to the point where i'm jobless or whatever or like homeless but i do have a very much sort of like a spirit of like a wanderer that is true that is true so that's how the funny thing is lynn is kind of the most stable relationship and her free love like probably her being the most sexually liberated of the bunch not sleeping with a ton of people but she definitely was the one who was the least judgmental about stuff that's what they would all go to her about Mm -hmm. when they had a sexual question or whatever like wanted to talk about something maybe taboo i feel like that also i think lynn isn't it weird she had the kind of the best relationship track yeah like she had the most stable relationships out of everyone mm-hmm. if because maya's marriage was a mess at a point yeah. tony's marriage was a mess all throughout joan sabotaged every relationship she could get her hands yeah. on so it's like lynn was with savat for like 10 months celibate mm-hmm. she was with um uh, with roscoe for a while they lived together like she had the most stable relationships which is the weirdest thing because you would not think she was the most stable girlfriend relationship wise. Yeah, I don't know. How'd you relate to Tony? Um, I think with Tony, I think her testing people that love her constantly, that's something that I definitely think I can relate to. Really? Her not wanting to go back to where she came from, being very worried about like money in that sense, even though she was like broke, which but she had that five hundred thousand dollars, which is crazy. <laughs> like that mindset, like I'm broke but really I have money in the bank. I kinda. feel like you would do that. Yeah, that's like very much me. Like I'm not trying to grow up like I didn't grow up rough, y'all. I'm not saying I was, like, the Struggle Chronicles, but I did grow up with a single mom, and, like, there definitely was struggle in there. And so, me, like, how I don't play about money, like, I'm always going to have money saved because I know, like, I'm not trying to have my car get repossessed or Mm -hmm. stuff like that, you know? But the thing with Tony, I don't feel like you you think you test people. Is that only relationships? Relationships. I definitely test, and even friendships, but it's because I grew up with, like, a mom that would be like, nobody's really your friend, nobody's really in your corner. So, in my head, I'm always, like, are you really my... It takes a long time for me to really trust that somebody's going to be a good friend. Really? And really trust people. Like, unfortunately, I feel like I have friendships that are very sometimes surface level on my side. The friend will be telling me all their business. So I'm a good listener. But I'm not really telling them my deep inner thoughts. You are very inner, private. Yes. There are a lot of people <laughs> that you date that I don't know their names. Yeah. Or like people <laughs> who think they know me and they really don't mm-hmm. know me as well as they think. So in that sense. And it's funny because it's like I've kind of like accustomed myself to like not asking certain questions with you. Yeah. You just probably shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> because it's like. 
oh, there's a new person. Don't know where he's came from. Don't know how you know him. Okay, let's just talk about this situation that you want to talk about. And then. And after my breakup with my ex, I really, people thought I was bad with that relationship about the level of like keeping it private. The next man, no lie, there will be an engagement announcement before some people know that this man exists, I think, because I just cannot do, even though I look at it both sides, sometimes I'm saying, I say, oh, I should have brought him around my friends earlier, Mm -hmm. made him really a part of my social life so that I could have maybe seen signs of who he really was. But then on the flip side, it's like, it was so nice to move on and nobody know how much I was hurting. And to be able to heal in private. But I think you can do both. I feel like I don't want my man to be on social media either until we're engaged. But I also feel like y'all already know you're going to meet him like several times. Like my circle needs to like interact with him and get to know him because I feel like there are blind spots that you have, you know, when you care about somebody. So I'm, I'm really and also it's for me. He has to get along with my siblings and I want him to get along with my friends. So he needs to be integrated. And then, okay, you and Maya. A lot of Maya. Yeah, I see a lot of Maya in you. Oh, what do you think about that? <laughs> it's nothing bad. I just like Maya. Maya like is intelligent, but she's also very street smart. She's also like very has a lot of family that like it seems like she's kind of doing the best in her family. You know what yeah. I mean? Like she has a lot of like ambitions. Like I just, but well, she's also kind of very down to earth, like homegirl. So I just see a lot of that. Yeah, I feel like I could easily write an old hole. Yes. Oh yes. <laughs> I feel like I definitely could. I feel like you should now. <laughs> And then Joan? Um, Joan, being a caretaker of people that you love. I mm. saw something that myself. Um, her desire to be married and to have a partner. If I'm real, I saw that within myself as well. Not on the level of Joan, but I very much so can see certain things. I actually was telling you how I texted <laughs> two of my dear friends. I was like, I'm sorry if I was kind of a brat around the time that y'all both got married because they got married like a month apart of each other. Mm-hmm. It was a lot. I was a br- like, not a bridesmaid in one, but a bridesmaid in the other, like, but was very involved in both weddings, like bridal showers, bachelorette parties, et cetera, et cetera. And it was a lot for me at that time. So right. even Joan was out of pocket, but I could definitely understand kind of that struggle, just different things. It's also interesting because I'm just at an episode where she's having issues with her mom and her mom was married six times. Yeah. So it's interesting that like she's so desperate to get married, even though her mom, she's seen so many failures yeah so many failures in marriage but she's still like nah 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 i still want it like who do you think you related to the most or who do you see yourself in it's so hard because i feel like i'm so different from so many of them um i don't really see myself in lynn i don't really see myself in maya i don't really see myself in tony and god forbid i'm like joan so it's like (laughs) i i mean i understand little bits also it's funny because this is such like a virgo's answer versus a scorpio's answer (laughs) because a virgo we try to grab lessons from everything so it'll like we will try to find something to learn from somebody else's situation and i'm just like hell no I don't know who I I think if I had to choose someone I was most alike the thing is like the reason I don't think I'm like Joan is because Joan is very non-confrontational to the point where like she's walked all over and I'm kind of in a point in my life where that's never going to be me Mm -hmm. so I think I'm closer to either Maya or Tony who do you think I'm closest to I think you're a little bit of everybody because I definitely see some Joan in you but no that's that's understandable I think so too and I kind of it's so funny especially with your family 
What does she do with her family? Like, no, I'm just saying, like, I can see you being a Joan in your family. I could also see myself being a Joan in the fact that, like, she loves to host. Like, she loves to have things and have people come over. And that's very much me. Like, I would love to, like. Who do you think you related to the dating style the most, though? Or, like, their relationships with romantic partners? Definitely not Lynn. Tony was just such a horrible. <laughs> she was just such a horrible. Not saying you are the person, but, I but who think... did you see the most of yourself in with, like, that dynamic? Probably Maya interesting probably maya how so um i know with um what's his name that her neighbor guy it's like she liked him but she was kind of like hesitant or trying to find reasons why it wouldn't work kind of um so i feel like with that but then also she's she became friends with people right like she would like keep them in her lives and becomes friends with them Mm -hmm. and i could see myself I, i do that a lot like i have a lot of guy friends who like not a lot of guy friends but like you know i have enough guys around me who I feel like I could I possibly do that with. But like if it's not perfect, I may not try to go there. So I could see that with my I also could see with Tony and having her list or her standards. I could kind of see that, except I'm just not insane. But I see that with Tony, too. With Joan, the thing with Joan and her thing with dating is that she's just so I just have too much shame to be Joan. Like Joan, like she just goes so far deep off the deep end, like in front of them. Like I might do that in my head to myself but i'm not gonna do that in front of somebody else in front of a man like where joan will like jump off the deep end in front of a man and just yeah just show her crazy and i just i don't at least i haven't been loving that much to show my crazy have you shown your crazy oh absolutely (laughs) (laughs) absolutely it's her routine no i'm just kidding oh crystal i'm very passionate though i realize i like i love a good passionate relationship I hate rejection. Oh, yeah. But there's a lot of things that, like, yeah, I absolutely have. I always end up in, like, that's the thing, too. Typically, me, either I'm dating, you, like, where you're basically damn near to a relationship or I'm single. I've noticed that about myself, too. Like, I don't mm. tend to, like, go on one or two dates a lot. I feel like it always ends up being, like, a longer-term thing with people. And that lends itself to being more of a push and pull type of thing if it's not the right fit but you're still engaging with the person if that makes sense yeah that's very interesting where i am a like one or two day and yeah i realize that doesn't really happen because even this guy that i'm supposed to go out with i was like oh this is interesting because i don't go on like a ton of first dates Mm -hmm. which makes it more exhausting like i think it's better when you have like just one or two that you're doing continual stuff with Mm -hmm. like first dates are exhausting i don't oh yeah i'm not for them it's, it's not and that's why it's also so interesting this whole thing that guys are like oh women are using dates to get food it's like i could care less like it's not I'd worth rather it eat taco bell. on it like <laughs> by myself yeah. then then do go through this whole rigmarole with you if the chemistry or whatever is not right yeah. so definitely not worth my time or energy but anyway alrighty. well thank y'all so much to listening to this might get me fired podcast please make sure that you give this podcast a five star rating also make sure that you subscribe to our youtube channel and follow us on apple podcast thanks so much for watching toodles